On this episode of Artsy Engineering Radio, Anna Carey joins us to talk about overcoming imposter syndrome, asking for help, and her path from Artsy to coding bootcamp and back to Artsy. And just in case you like to listen with your whole family gathered around the stereo, you should know that there is an unbelieved curse word in this episode. Hello and welcome back to Artsy Engineering Radio. I'm your host today, Matt Dole, and I am here with Anna Carey for another episode of the still poorly named Who Are You and How Did You Get Here? Uh, or Hua Dehge for short. And uh, today I get to hear a little bit about Anna's career path and personage, and I'm really excited. So the first question I have for you, Anna, is who are you? Hi, everyone. First of all, Matt, thank you so much for having me along with uh, the rest of Artsy Engineering Podcast. Great to be here. Um, Yeah, and it's super fun to get to talk to you. Uh, I am a software engineer in E1 at Artsy. I started uh, at Artsy a few months ago, um, but uh, something a little bit unusual and special about my story is I was at Artsy for three and a half years previously uh, between 2016 and 2019 on the communications team. So doing a very different type of work, working with press, uh, working at uh, with our, getting our executives speaking at conferences, uh, working with uh, internal communications. I worked on our all hands at the time um, and actually worked with Matt as well, who at the time was doing uh, emails for Artsy on the marketing team. So we actually formally sat across from each other doing something totally different. And both of us have now made this transition into engineering. So it's super exciting to be back on the same team again. And again, doing something totally different. Yeah, it's kind of funny to think that you and I are the two people who were on different teams within Artsy and then migrated to uh, to engineering at at some point. Kind of similar paths in that that regard, yeah. Totally. So yeah, I, I was also going to say about your time at RC previously on on comms. I feel like you, as a result of that, got way more into the arts and the business side of things than a lot of engineers do in their entire time at Artsy. You know, you were working with our execs. You were working on. Um, I think you did some stuff for like rounds of fundraising. I know you yeah. went to Basel, Miami sometimes. Like you really got so much more into the art world than I think a lot of um, engineers have. So I'd be curious to know. Uh, if that has impacted your first few weeks and uh, I guess months now on engineering, right? Because you rejoined pretty recently. Yeah, exactly. Uh, One thing I really loved about the communications role was at any given point, I was working with almost every other business team, whether it be sales, other people on the marketing team, executives, uh, even the product team as well, working with engineers on the launch of a product feature so I could better understand the technology behind uh, us launching something new and why it was newsworthy. Uh, So getting that experience really helped me get to know the company really well. So then coming back, you know, a little over a year later has been super exciting because I'm getting access to um, a completely, I'm getting to see Artsy through a completely new lens. So um, I can even also give a little bit more on my background and how I even landed at Artsy. I've always been really interested in the intersection between art and technology. It's something I've been passionate about for a long time. Uh, I was 
uh, always loved, loved art. I'm not an artist myself, but loved going to museums. I grew up in New York, access to you know some of the best art museums in the world. And it's something that I was really passionate about. And I knew in college, I was interested in, at the time, actually working either at a museum or at a gallery or maybe an auction house. Um, and I found the tech side uh, actually in part because of Artsy, when I was in college, I had heard about the Art Genome Project, which for those listeners who might not know is the recommendation engine that powers Artsy uh, and is a way to categorize the art on the platform and also explain the ways they are related and then surface recommendations that are most relevant to um, to users. Uh, and I was so excited by that idea of using technology to make art more accessible, easier to under to learn about. And um, at the time, there wasn't actually a lot of examples of companies doing this. Um, so I was so in part artsy, but other sort of examples of this at the time inspired me to create my own major in college, which was called art and technology, uh, really looking at different wow, ways. Wow, I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> really looking at the ways that those two things intersect. So Artsy, again, was always kind of on my mind as a company that stood out in the field as merging those two in a really exciting and elegant way. Uh, so when I graduated, it I was it's definitely a company that I was really excited about and interested in. Uh, so it's been extremely special to you know have that experience again on the communications business side, and then you know earn, uh, have this completely new skill set. So I did a coding bootcamp at the beginning of 2020 that, you know, helped me sort of uh, pursue this transition using this completely new skill set. You know, I'd never written React. I didn't know what Ruby on Rails was. And then to look at a company that, again, I've known for so many years really well, but then see it through code. So realizing, I think I remember saying this maybe to you on like one of my first days, like realizing that the model, the data models at Artsy are artwork and artists. That <laughs> totally blew my mind because, you know, I had been, you know, spinning up quick like Ruby on Rails projects through my boot camp or learning this on, much a, on a much smaller scale. And when you start to realize that a company that you love and respect so much is, you know, built in this way and really be able, being able to understand that it was, um, yeah, it was, it was really exciting to, to get that totally different perspective. Um, but also again, like the familiarity and experience both at the company and like you said, in the, in the industry as well. Yeah. I think you had mentioned to me that because you were doing an internship at a, at a sort of real estate startup. Right. And so to go from houses and mortgages and sort of legal documents as your data models to be looking at artists was such a, a cool transition for you. Right. Totally, totally. And again, in a world that my whole life was something that I was really interested in and, you know, something I really love, but then to get to be at a company that's the technology layer on top of that, you know, was exciting when I joined originally right out of college, but has been even more exciting now that I have been leaning more into the sort of tech side of art and technology in the last year, year and a half. Right. You had the art side, both yourself and then also from your previous you know, experience working at Artsy. And now you are looking under the hood, as it were, into the tech stuff, too. Exactly. And also, like from a business perspective and sort of the direction that the world is heading in, thinking about, you know, 
even when you and I both started Artsy, the art world was still, you know, very reluctant to change. Artsy was developing products in a way that was very sensitive to an industry that had not yet moved online, that was still very critical of technology, of the internet. And now, I mean, obviously COVID has, you know, changed the timeline for, you know, so many industries, but at a, now we're at a time where the art world, they're not asking uh, will the art world move online? They're asking how will it move online and we're watching that happen in real time. So it's, it's also exciting to join a product org that is clearly keeping that in mind and is able to be even more innovative and sort of push the boundary on the ways that the industry had been doing things previously. So that's also been a big shift um, in part, just, you know, by the nature of the way the industry has shifted and time passing and again, you know, COVID and things out of anyone's control. Right. Well, and it's, it must be so strange to think back to being on, you know, the marketing organization, the communications organization. And as you said, a lot of the time it was being you know, sort of tiptoeing around current offline practices or, uh, having to push galleries to adopt, good practices, or even just to come onto Artsy. It was very much this conversation of, do I need an online presence? I don't really know. I have these collectors coming in my door. I have art fairs. What do you offer me that the real world does not? And to look at this not very many years later and have it be just essential that you, if you're in the art business, if you are a gallery, you have to be able to sell online. That was, that's been a, a change that I've felt very markedly this year, especially. Totally, totally. You have to have a digital strategy. It's not a it's it's not a nice to have. It's definitely a need to have now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I promise we're not here to just uh, talk about how cool Artsy is and uh, how much galleries should come online. We did plenty of that on the marketing team. Um, so my second high level question for you is when did you start thinking of yourself as a software engineer? That is a great question. Um, yeah. So uh, especially as someone who's gone through a career transition and spent almost four years building my career in communications, getting a ton of experience in different kinds of projects and having a relatively senior role, completely changing gears and getting a new skill set uh, and diving in really as a complete beginner has definitely been very humbling. And I'm, I'm still in the phase of when someone asks me, what I do for a living. And I say software engineer, I have kind of with the butterflies and get really excited. <laughs> I'm like, well, I can, I can say that I'm allowed to say I'm a software engineer. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think that going from starting a, a full-time role at Artsy has obviously been really impactful and, and making me feel secure and comfortable saying that, but I'm sure, you know, any engineer, especially those who, uh, are newer or remember being newer. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of imposter syndrome that comes with this type of role. Uh, both in that you know there's so much information. It's so much it's so much new, uh, and there's always so many people who do know a lot more than you. And uh, you, I, I know it's a field that and something that I actually really love about engineering is that you kind of always are a beginner. There's always something new to learn. There's always someone who knows more than you. Uh, but I think I have felt that uh, very powerfully in the last year as I've made this transition. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's definitely something I'm still getting more comfortable with. 
and um, something that it's it still has that really new exciting feel that I uh, can really take this on as part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's not to say there aren't many days where I'm like, I don't know how to solve this problem. And I feel like I'm asking for help too much. And I uh, am really, you know, struggling to understand this thing that I feel like I'm supposed to understand. And uh, I think that that's something I've heard that, um, you know, doesn't necessarily go away. Uh, but I think that's, it's, a skill I'm working on to be able to have that emotion and then be able to work through it or sit with it and then wait until it passes and be able to ask for help and not be afraid to, to say, I don't know. Uh, and, and definitely the RT team has been really supportive in that. And I think the more that I am open about feeling that way, the more I get back, Oh no, like I, like I feel that too. And I've been an engineer for 15 years or, you're definitely not wasting our time. Like we, uh, it helps me as much as it helps you when you ask for help. Uh, so yeah, just getting more comfortable. I think being vulnerable in, in those moments is, uh, I think really related to taking on that identity as a software engineer. Yeah. Yeah. I really like how you, how you said that and framed that. I think that being vulnerable is, sometimes the hardest part of the job, right? It, yes, it's one thing to struggle with, you know, an algorithm or uh, just, a, you know, not understanding why your code is failing or something. But in my experience as well, the more I'm able to just say, hey, I don't know, can someone do this with me? Or can we talk through this? Or, hey, can I, you know, run this thing past you? The reward is like almost always, you know, there, at least at Artsy. And I've, I'm grateful for that. So yeah, I hope that, hope that continues to be your experience going forward too. Totally, totally. And and really it's it's a muscle. It's it's like it's a thing you have to sort of build up and put your reps in of of being open asking for help. Um so yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that's top of mind for me as I'm, you know, continuing to onboard and joining a product team permanently as I'm still sort of in my ro- training as I'm rotating through different teams. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to continue building that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So third question I have for you is what was the best decision that you made in your career? It's a great question. Uh, so another, another piece of my story uh, about sort of my, my story with Artsy and my career transition was I actually was laid off from Artsy uh, in September of 2019. So my, my career decision and my time with artsy was uh wasn't really my decision in the moment and it was something that uh happened uh as a result of a big restructuring artsy went through a big transition uh last year we had a new ceo mike stibe coming from the knot which is um an amazingly successful wedding marketplace taking over for Artsy's former founder and CEO, Carter Cleveland, who's this incredible visionary um, after who'd been running the company for around 10 years, I think. Uh, so a lot of change to the company and through this restructuring, my role was uh, removed and which was you know, definitely a pretty jarring moment. I've been in the company for almost four years, spent a, a lot of time growing in this role but you know, have really always been interested in this intersection, as I shared, between art and technology. And communications was really sort of, in a lot of ways, my entry point to Artsy. I, I had an experience in journalism in college. I worked for the newspaper on the art section. 
I had always been like a strong writer. It was, that always felt sort of like the natural step for me is to go into that kind of field. But, you know, technology had always been on my mind. And for some time, even before, before I got laid off, I was interested in exploring opportunities in a more sort of product focused role. Um, so really this was actually this, this amazing opportunity to reevaluate and have this natural break and natural like impetus to to make a change and really think about what I was excited by and what I wanted to do and which in a lot of ways has been you know an incredible blessing to get to be really intentional about this next step so if I were to answer sort of what's the best thing I ever did in my career was deciding to do this coding boot camp to you know ask my ask myself the question if I really wanted to be more technical if I really was interested in building um, this was uh, this was sort of my direct path to do that. So deciding to to make the change and learn how to code was really um, yeah it was really definitely the most uh, the best decision I made thus far. Yeah, I mean I remember having a coffee with you I think a week or two after you were laid off, and obviously that was just a really shitty and and tenuous time and. I, I think at that time I asked you if you were thinking about, you said, you mentioned that you wanted to work more on the product side of things. And I was like, Oh, are you considering, you know, bootcamp? And you said, no, nah, not really. I'm looking more at product manager roles or, uh, you know, like a product liaison role, but you obviously changed your mind and you did commit to a, a coding bootcamp to Flatiron in, in New York city. What changed your mind? What made you say, actually, no, I want to be a software engineer. I want to go learn that set of skills instead of the product manager or product liaison or any of those sets of skills? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I do remember us having that, that coffee chat. Um, yeah. So the way that I sort of started thinking about this was, I forget who, probably someone at Artsy gave me this framework of at all companies, there are people who build the thing, there's people who sell the thing, and there's people who support the people building and selling the thing. So like mm. legal, uh, HR, finance, those sorts of teams. So, you know, I, you and I had both been on the team helping sell the thing on marketing, on retention as you were, communications as I was. Um, but I was really, I knew for some time that I was interested in sort of build the thing. And as I sort of thought about, okay, if that's really what I'm interested in and being able to be as close to that as possible, and also being able to do that as directly as possible, like what's sort of the right path for me and thinking about, I had considered, like you said, PM, product manager, product liaison, and also product marketing seemed like an easy opportunity for me to transition more to a product role because product marketing and communications involve a lot of the really similar skill sets. But you know, this amazing opportunity where I was unemployed and I could kind of start from scratch instead of you know having to make this kind of gradual transition as a lot of people do when they're trying to change careers. I was in a really privileged position to be able to really take this time off, learn this new skill, sort of go head first instead of going this sort of gradual route because I felt like my previous skill sets or even just the story I had been telling myself about what I was quote unquote good at were better suited to these other types of roles in a product org because I could sort of, again, just start over and, and try to uh, try to dispel those, those, you know, lies I had maybe been telling myself for some years. And another part of the story is I did take some computer science in college. And at the time 
I was like, this is so hard. Like, like the, these classes, everyone's so much smarter than me. I only made it through like half of the like minor requirements before I was like, you know, I can't do this. I was involved in a lot of other things on campus and people were just in the computer lab, like 20 around the clock. And I was like, that's not me. And just really being put off by that. And as if like thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm, that's, I'm not that person that's that's I'm not a software engineer to your to your first question if that's just not my identity and having the you know moment to really reckon with why was I telling myself that why was I preventing myself from making this change and and not having like the courage to actually do something completely new that might have been outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. And, and, and with that said, having a lot of support along the way, you have always been, you know, when you and I have talked over the last year, year and a half, been super supportive of this change. And it's been really inspiring to watch you make this transition and seeing other examples of people who had kind of been in my shoes and successfully either self-taught or done a, done a boot camp. There's a, a lot of really successful engineers at Artsy that, that have also done boot camps. Um, and seeing other, other people succeed uh, definitely gives you the feeling that, that you have a shot as well. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad I've you know been a part of that uh, that path for you and um, and it's funny I don't know if we've actually talked about the the college thing you said but I had almost exactly the exact same experience where I was doing I was like halfway through a CS major and I had did a summer research position and I was like this just I felt bad at it. I felt like I wasn't good enough at it to do it. And I, I saw these other people who were, yeah, who were just, you know, in the lab at all hours and that was like their thing. Right. And yeah, I wanted to do other things. I was, I was playing Frisbee. I was like in an acapella group and uh, I was just like, I don't, I can't do, you know, I can't do this. And um, I think for me, part of it has been understanding that real world CS is really different from academic CS and also letting go of, of perfectionism and this really harmful need to be the best or to be, you know, everyone thinks I'm great at it, right? I, I could have totally just like gotten B's and C's and gotten a CS degree and and been a happy camper, right? At least, you know, if I were the person I am now who was taking the classes I was then, which, uh, you know, that doesn't make sense. But at the time, it was this this narrative of, oh, if I'm not going to get an A in these classes, if I'm not going to be top, top, you know, why? what am I doing? Why am I taking this? And so part of, for me, the transition to software engineering has also been unlearning those things and, and saying, actually, no, it's fine if I don't know this, if I can you know, be vulnerable to your point, if I can ask for help and, and not be you know, looked down on or shamed or have someone go, oh, you, you don't know that. You're, what are you doing here? It's the imposter syndrome uh, at work again. Totally. And if you do it enough times, if you have that moment enough times, you start to like trust that it's okay. Like you said, it's okay to not know. It's okay to, it's okay to, um, to be a beginner. Do you remember for you, like if at what moment or what kind of caused you to decide this is something I want to pursue, I actually can do this sort of breaking that narrative in your head. Do you remember if there was like a moment or something? There was a day in February of 2018 where I was just like, I honestly, I was like having a really, I was really depressed that week. I was just, I felt terrible. And I, I felt like, like, I think it was maybe Monday morning. I felt like I breached the surface of the water. Like I, I came up for air and I had this moment of like, I'm not happy in my career. I really 
I could do this. I would like to be doing something where I'm building things that is creative work. And engineering was, was a path to that for me. And so, yeah, there, there was definitely a like moment of clarity for me where I was like, uh, I want to go build the thing. I want to be you know behind the curtain. I like to think that I was sitting across from you in that moment and like, uh, yeah, that's a, it's exciting to, to have that realization, but also very scary as I'm sure you agree with. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. To say like, cool, I'm going to go out on a limb, right? I'm going to, I'm going to like throw away all of the stuff that I've spent years learning and decide I want to do something else. And feel like you're starting over. Like there's definitely a fear of like, you're losing all this time. Like, you know, my title was like senior manager. And if I wanted to continue a career in communications, I would have been able to keep climbing and become more senior. Um, so to go back to being essentially entry level is also kind of unsettling and, and can be scary. Um, but it's a good lesson that never too late. It's never too late. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, I've got a couple more questions for you. One of them being, what in your work gets you the most excited? That's a great question. At this stage, definitely learning a lot of new technologies and learning new things. Uh, like I said, one of the one of the aspects of software engineering that gets me most excited, that makes me so you know eager about this career path, is that learning is embedded into your every day. That is part of the job. Uh, so, and especially at this level where there's so much new for me. So for example, coming into Artsy, there's a lot of technologies. Uh, Artsy uses GraphQL, Artsy uses Relay, TypeScript was new for me. So these are all technologies that I had never worked with previously. So feeling that satisfaction of working on a ticket, even if it's really small and writing, you know, my first component in TypeScript it's actually, you know, it's not that different. It's not like that crazy of a new thing, but to be able to like check off sort of my list, my ongoing list in the back of my head of all these new skills that I want to learn this early on is really exciting. And, and honestly, a huge, I think, privilege as a software engineer, because there's a lot of career paths where when you get hired full time, you're kind of expected to be at least like a small domain have small domain expertise or be able to uh, deliver for like all these really, you know, um, all these really ambitious goals, you know, from day one. But I definitely think that, especially at a company like Artsy, to have the opportunity to be learning and learn new, these new technologies, learn a new code base. Um, I, that's, that's something that at this point I'm, I'm really pumped about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That it's, I think that's a really good reminder that all of us need sometimes, right? That, you know, even picking up some little ticket, there's always something you can learn, you know, and that's, that's oftentimes a choice that you don't necessarily go into a dinky little ticket going like, oh yeah, I'm going to really get some new skills from this. But maybe you say, hey, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to learn, you know, is there actually a slightly neater way that I could do this operation? Or is there a keyboard shortcut that I could pick up that I would love to use? Or, yeah. you know, what are the the large and small ways that we can build those, those skills and that knowledge over time? Yeah, it can be super, exactly. It can be super small. Like something that I have been trying to get better in the habit of and is uh, keeping sort of a daily work journal and listing both what I accomplish, and this is the part that I'm like, need to be 
better at and start improving on, but also a list of the new things I learned. And again, it can be, you know, literally learning how to create an alias in my terminal. Like it can be something really stupid and, uh, and having a record of that. It's like almost like the, this trend of gratitude journals. It helps you sort of become more appreciative of the everyday. If you get in the habit of being really intentional every day, writing like three things you're grateful for writing down. Yeah. Even just like picking three things, three new things you learned every day, uh, I think can make this, career and your day-to-day as an engineer a lot more rewarding so yeah it's it's uh it's something I'm trying to to be better about but it's it's I'm grateful I I read someone at a company that I was at at previously mentioned this idea of a work journal I think it's really cool for engineers because you are potentially working on a lot of different things in one day and learning new things that can kind of get lost and also things that you might want to be able to look back on um, that, you know, constantly pairing with like the idea of constantly pairing with people that are like way smarter than you and just like taking their knowledge and trying not to forget it. I think it can be really helpful for that too. So yeah, good habit. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to steal that one from you and try to try to implement it myself. Okay. So last question was what in your work gets you excited? What about what outside of your work gets you the most excited right now? It's a great question. And it's a funny time to be asking, asking a question um, like this, since we're kind of all, you know, locked inside and not able to do too much of the things that we used to do. But I, I actually just moved to Boulder, Colorado after uh, about five years in New York City. And then I grew up in New York as well. So it's definitely a new environment to be, you know, access to hiking and access to the mountains. So I, I'm super excited about being in nature and it's nice that that's something I can do during COVID. And I've been learning how to snowboard for the last couple of months and a little bit last season. And something I, I've been saying a lot is, especially cause I started my journey of learning to snowboard at the beginning of 2020, when I was in my coding bootcamp learning how to code and this idea, and I'm a very bad snowboarder and it's taking me a long time and a lot of following and a lot of pain and a lot of embarrassing moments of you know getting like knocked off the chairlift and doing two things that obviously are very different but that are both genuinely really hard and involve a lot of sort of failures and feeling like like you're not even getting better and like uh and uh, I, th- I i there were definitely many moments and I'm, i've been feeling this too especially as you know the season has kicked off for snowboarding of the parallels of trying something new and uh something that's again really hard but really rewarding uh so yeah the thing i'm most excited i guess right now is, is learning how to snowboard yeah that's awesome you gotta literally pick yourself back up dust yourself off go at it again and then you get to do that metaphorically too yeah a little bit of both exactly exactly all right so the last question i have for you definitely not the least though if you could only use one keyboard shortcut for the rest of your life what would it be um let's see i guess I'm not super into keyboard shortcuts, but I guess the up button is, is one of my favorites. Sure, just like for scrolling or is there a, a particular use of it? Like on the terminal to like copy what was previously there. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. I I think that that's the quickest one to learn and makes you feel a little bit like less of a newbie if you're pairing with someone. So yeah, that's that's probably like the first one I would recommend learning. Love it. Awesome. Well, Anna, thank you so much for taking time to chat. It has been a pleasure as always. Um, and, you know, welcome back to Artsy. Uh, that's, it's very wonderful to hear your, your career track from your perspective. 
starting at Artsy, uh, being laid off, you know, deciding to learn coding, coming back as an engineer. Um, that's pretty rad. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, so nice to, to hear your story and a little bit about you and really appreciate you joining me to chat. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Matt. This has been awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Artsy Engineering Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at Artsy Open Source, and you can find our engineering blog at artsy.github.io. Thank you to Eve Essex for composing and performing our theme music. You can find her on all major streaming platforms. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, take it easy. <laughs>